1: Welcome to Hollywood and Levine. I am Ken Levine, your podcast host. I have a great guest this week and next, Pam Freiman. She is a TV sitcom director, nominated for Emmys and won a lot of things. Uh, You go to her IMDb page and she has directed 90 different shows or pilots. She directed 196 episodes of How I Met Your Mother. You've seen the name. 95 episodes of Just Shoot Me, 34 episodes of Frasier, 20 episodes of Two and a Half Men. She also started her career working in daytime soap operas, and she directed 24 episodes of Santa Barbara. And she officiated Neil Patrick Harris's wedding. This is a two-parter, and you will learn an awful lot about the process of directing And like I said, this is a really cool guest. I've been trying to get her forever, but she's always so busy. She's also directing the new Night Court. So, this week and next, my guest on Hollywood and Levine, Pam Freiman. Well, here's the regard that I have for Pam Freiman. In the early 2000s, my partner David Isaacs and I had a pilot at Fox. And by then, I was already an established Director, I directed like 50 half-hour shows, and yet we still hired Pam <laughs> <laughs> to direct the pilot over me. Oh, Ken. <laughs> so,
0: what, do you want to say more about that, Ken, that experience?
1: About that pilot? Have you forgiven us for hiring
0: <laughs> you on that pilot? I, I, we all went down together. It was lovely. <laughs> and we were still laughing by the end.
1: That's true. So, let's start out with your origin story. Did you want to become a director? How did how did this come about? I I
0: did not want to become a director. I would never uh have dreamt that big. I grew up outside of Philadelphia in Villanova, Pennsylvania. I was the daughter of a fashion executive and I was sure that I would be a buyer at Bloomingdale's. That's what I thought. <laughs> truly. But I was a fan of T V and in my senior year of high school I ended up getting an internship on the Mike Douglas show, which shot in Philadelphia.
1: I remember that. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. And it was a thrill. And I would go down there after school, you know, a few days a week and do anything they asked me to do. And it was beyond exciting for me. Um I got to meet a lot of great people and it was it I sort of Again, I never thought I would have a career in television, but I was certainly enjoying my senior year of high school. I went off to college and um, ended up studying fashion merchandising and all of this, expecting to go into my dad's business. But when I graduated, and this sounds like a long story, but it'll actually be short. um, I came to Los Angeles with my brother, who was going to law school, just to visit L.A. for a couple of weeks And the people that I had worked with in Philly had ended up relocating here. And the Mike Douglas show was turning into the John Davidson show. We all remember John Davidson.
1: Yes, we do. Well, I do.
0: (laughs) And I went to NBC to visit them just to say hi. And they offered me a job as their assistant, the talent department. And in the words of my father, she'll be back in two weeks. That's how they got through this. She'll never last out there. And now over 40 years later, it turns out he was wrong.
1: Yeah, the lure of schmatas was it, just not it, enough. And, by
0: the way, I still loved it, but it helped me dress for my career in TV, I guess. I don't know. Um, I guess so. that's how I got here. That's how I got here.
1: Yeah, well, you are the best dress director. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's like, when you go out be. on strike, it's like very clear. It's
0: all I ever <laughs> wanted to be. <laughs>
1: so So you graduated um, to Santa Barbara you worked on the soap opera Santa Barbara
0: oh my gosh how I love that show yes I was a PA then I was an AD and then they sort of forced me into directing I had no desire I thought being an AD was the greatest job in the world you would be in the booth With working with the director, the next day you would be in editing, putting the show together. I didn't realize how valuable spending that much time in editing would be, because I really learned how to put a show together while I was working on Santa Barbara. And then when they asked me to direct, I did it a bit begrudgingly because I was nervous and I was so happy with what I was doing. and then the craziest thing, this is, this is something that you will not you will not hear anybody else say, I'm sure. I ended I was married, I got pregnant with twins, so I was very pregnant, and I went into the executive producer to say, "I just want you to know, I'm very pregnant." And they offered me a contract. Wow, that was their response. So it was not at all what I expected. I'm sure not what anybody would expect but that ended up starting my career in directing.
1: So was that the first time that you got a chance to deal with actors?
0: Yes, absolutely. But the great thing was that because I had been a script PA and an AD, I was very comfortable with this group of actors. Um, And they knew me and they were rooting for me. So, um, it was I had a support system, not to say that I wasn't nervous and not to say that I was good at it, but I was good enough that they kept asking me to do more, and I loved it. I really loved it.
1: How many cameras do they use on four. a soap opera?
0: sometimes three, sometimes four, yeah,
1: so you really cut your teeth in in um uh, in soap operas absolutely by the time you graduated to sitcoms. You knew your way around the cameras.
0: I did. And the the great thing about soaps back in the day, and I'm not quite sure exactly how they do them now, but we were shooting an hour of TV a day. So you had to be fast. And that's what I learned. And so when I graduated to sitcoms and I ended up being fast, it became sort of a calling card for me. It was, you know, because as you know better than anybody, on a shoot night, they didn't say how was the show? They'd say, What time did you get out? <laughs> so, you know, it turned out that I knew what I was doing, but I was fast. And that came from doing daytime.
1: Yeah. See, when I started, even though I had prepared and had my whole camera blocking all right. laid out, yeah. Um, it took forever. Of course. You know, it and did. When I got behind the quad split, which is the four cameras. Um, and you see them all on one TV screen. Uh, it was terrifying. It was one of the most terrifying things. Uh, and, and by the way, for life. me
0: too, I don't want to make, I wasn't, I don't want you to think I was good at it. I just had the opportunity. <laughs> so I just kept working at it. And years later, I ended up getting comfortable, but it took a while.
1: Yeah, it really is a Rubik's Cube because, yeah. you know, you just, you do the math. If you have, say, four people in a scene, and you want to cover all four people, and you want reaction shots, and you want masters, and you want two shots. Uh oh! Well, how do you do that with only four cameras?
0: Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But and it you became know what's so, fun. What's so interesting is, even, depending, it doesn't matter how many times you've done this. That the math of that changes with the episode, the, the show that you're doing. If you do Frazier and you get David Hyde Pierce's single in the first pass, he's just golden. And you know, you can take that camera and do a cross master. But if you're doing just shoot me and you've got a single on David Spade, that second pass, he's going to do something completely different. So you can't give that up. So it just, it's always, there's always this math problem that you're dealing with. And you just have to, you know, know the show you're doing, know the actors you're working with and cross your fingers a lot. And ultimately, you know, you get the coverage you need.
1: You know, sometimes when I would be directing and I knew I had like a two camera pickup for a scene that once the scene ended, instead of cutting, because the minute you cut, it's 10 minutes of people coming out, brushing hair. uh, I would just say still rolling and I would set the two cameras. And the other two cameras, I would just improvise. Absolutely. Since I had the two cameras, I'd go, well, why don't you get a shot, you know, from her nose to this, whatever. Right. And like every once in a while, they would use one of those shots, and people would go, wow, how did he think of that? Right,
0: right. <laughs> you to, I, it, you're exactly right. You've got all those cameras. Roll them. Roll them.
1: Exactly. And Especially like now. you
0: said, don't cut, because the second you cut, the energy just sort of, you know.
1: Right. Guys come out with ladders and right. and makeup right. and everything and, and it it absolutely makes no difference. Exactly. <laughs> so your first show was Cafe American. It was. Which I remember Valerie Bertinelli. Uh, how did you get that?
0: I got that because I was doing a game show before that, before Soaps I had done some game shows as a PA and I met a writer named Peter Noah. And he had said to me after we were working for a while, you'd be good in sitcom, you'd be a good director. I don't know what he saw in me quite honestly. But fast forward, I end up doing soaps and I get a call from him that he's doing this show and I should come and observe Jimmy Burrows. And I said, I don't do that. I do daytime, I don't do, like I really fought it. And he said, well, you should come because you're doing episode 15. And back in the day, Ken, I hate to say this, but showrunners had the power to just say, here's what I want. I want yep. this person to direct. Now you've got these committees of executives and it's, it's it's a lot harder. So I went to Warner Brothers. I sat in the audience. I talked to Jimmy the first thing he said to me was, you've been in here, this is funny, widen out. He kept just shaking his hands, just right
1: right. right, yeah. You really can't do extreme close-ups in sitcoms. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And I sat there, and I watched, and I was as nervous as you can imagine. And I ended up doing uh that episode, that the last episode, because the show was canceled after dress rehearsal. I want you to know.
1: Wow, you're the the Black Widow.
0: Not only, wait, it gets worse. Um, We were, it was a, we would shoot on Tuesday night. So we rehearsed Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Over the weekend, on that Sunday in the wee hours, it was the Northridge earthquake. (laughs) So this was my first episode (laughs) of Primetime. And... We were pushed a couple of weeks because the stage was damaged, and I thought, why would anyone want to do this? Earthquakes, cancellations, send me back to daytime where it's safe.
1: <laughs> you know, well, my that, first that directing... That was my
0: first experience.
1: My first directing assignment was Wings. Uh, My very first scene, it was like a birthday party scene in the terminal. So, like, everyone is coming in, making entrances, bringing birthday presents uh, and stuff. You know, it was just a complete nightmare. But I'm very thankful because when I got through that episode, I figured, you know what? If I could survive this, I could do it. If it was a real easy episode... And I think, well, this is just a piece of cake. Exactly. I'd be walking into a propeller the right. next if time. It, if, it, if
0: it was two people on a couch, you'd all of a sudden have some confidence. Yeah. 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 I exactly.
1: agree. Exactly. So that, that proved to be a blessing. So here's the big question. It is hard enough yes. for a neophyte director to gain the respect of the cast and crew. It must be much harder for a woman. How did you deal with that?
0: I never experienced that. that's how I dealt with it. Wow, I never this is what's so crazy much you like commanded our, respect no, I certainly didn't. um I loved what I was doing. I happened to love actors, and what ended up happening uh was I became a very nurturing. I'm a mom and I was a mom on set and I never pretended to have the best idea. I just really wanted to be there. I really wanted everyone to feel comfortable. I wanted everyone to do their best work. And it was that that kind of setting that made my career sort of take off. Um, I knew my way around cameras. I was certainly fast. I was good at sort of listening to the notes that were coming behind me, but focusing on the actors and not letting that get in the way. It's like working at the UN, you know, you're like listening to so many people. Um, But I think it was the love that I had. I never felt like the woman. And clearly I was, certainly when I started, but I can't explain it to you. It never occurred to me.
1: I think knowing cameras and knowing the technical side going in, you probably won over those guys.
0: And by the way, not that I didn't have some rough experiences, because I absolutely did. I worked with camera coordinators who would look at the quad split, and one in particular, who shall remain nameless, looked at my shots and said... Are you really going to do that? That's what you're that's what you're going to do on B camera and it would just shake me. But I was, you know, I would cry, I would wait to cry till I got in my car. I felt that was important. <laughs> There's no crying on the set. There were people who tried to undermine me. There were, you know, there there are a lot of personalities in this, but kill them with kindness. And and that's what i did and it I, it absolutely took a while for me to become comfortable don't don't think that i wasn't feeling kind of ill those first couple of years but i i persevered because i i really liked it i really really liked it and i still do
1: do you have any stories of actors who tested you? i have a few of those myself i
0: uh, <laughs> I, but- I certainly do um, I don't know that I'll name names no you don't I, have
1: to name names
0: i I certainly do i i and and i i I couldn't believe it like I wanted to say it's it's me I'm like I'm your friend, but um i I absolutely did one in particular I did a pilot, and it was this guy who was you know, had come off of a hit show that was I must have looked like an old girlfriend or somebody. <laughs> and it just I was not the person he wanted there. And he was not only rude but oddly disrespectful. Like would say things to me that were just shocking. And you could tell the level of disrespect by the amount of floral arrangements I got from the studio and the network, like every time I go into my room, there'd be another wonderful, like it wasn't like anybody else wanted to work with him. <laughs> um, and then one day on stage, I saw him coming in from the opposite end and he was carrying uh, flowers. And I thought, Oh God, someone got to him and he gave them to me and I put them down on the prop cart and we continued. and, and, you know, sometimes you just have to deal with it the best way you can. Nobody ever scared me off a show, but but he came close. He came close.
1: And each actor has his own process right. and the processes are very different. And I found, it's like my task was to figure out their processes and try to get them all to somehow peak on show night. You know, and you had exactly. some actors, you had some actors like David I. Pierce or Wendy Malick, where they would do a line the first day of rehearsal and, and it would be great. And you would say, that's great, Wendy, do that. And she would do it like that every single day. Yep. And then you had other actors who would try different things. and and Stop experimenting. Yeah. Stop <laughs>
0: experimenting. Yes. Yes, of course. Of course. Because sometimes in a five-day week, sometimes it's too much time for some actors and for other actors, it's not enough time. You know, so you have to kind of figure out how much you want to rehearse a certain scene. I'll tell you the funniest thing, talking about starting out and being nervous, when I did my first Frasier, and I had been directing for a while, but Frasier, my God, it was like being invited to the greatest dinner party ever. The very first scene that I directed it was a a baseball diamond or something it was something on set a a batting cage or something and we start to do it and we run through it one time and i say which i have always said prior to this that was terrific let's do it one more time and kelsey without missing a beat said priman wants to suck all the comedy out of this (laughs) to which i could have folded again i could have cried in my car but instead I said, I guess we don't need to do it again. He said, no, we're great. And I said, terrific, moving on. And just staying steady and realizing these people really knew with it. Now I was coming from a show that was not like this, but clearly on Frasier, sometimes doing it once was enough and you learn. And so I didn't do it again, Ken.
1: That's part one with Pam Fryman. Come back next week, a lot more really, really interesting stuff on the process of directing. Well, our thanks as always to Adam and Susie Meister-Butler, to Howard Hoffman, John Wolford, Bruce, and Jason Miller. Want to get in touch with me? Easily done. HollywoodLevine at Outlook.com is my email address. HollywoodLevine at Outlook.com. I'm on Instagram, Hollywood and Levine, and I could always use a five-star review. On Apple. So that's part one with Pam Freiman. Come back next week for part two. Hollywood and the